Hello and welcome to Opinionated Marketers with Charles Nixon and me, Kieran Kapoor. Uh, Charles and I have been doing some thinking and we felt that sometimes opinionated marketers can just become a bit of a whinge about how people are doing marketing. And as both of us are quite optimistic people, we've decided we're going to start doing a series of looking at places where there is growth and opportunities in the marketplace. Um, because we think that's a much more interesting area to discuss than, um, I don't know, the fact that I'm still struggling with my heat pump or whatever. So, Charles, um, you've been looking at some growth opportunities, and I think we have some canine ones. There is still room, obviously, for the aspects of you know, why people are doing things badly and how it's remarkable that the same mistakes can be repeated by companies over and over again. Uh, but there are, I think, increasingly these days, uh, a... I would say there is a search for growth opportunities, and to some degree that might increasingly become desperate. Um, we talk about the economy as not being in particularly good uh, health. We talk about inflation. We talk about potential decline. Um, and we talk also about the political situation. And I was uh, struck by uh, two things. One was that um, there was a little bit of analysis out of the Financial Times at the weekend about where the major surge in stock markets was coming in the European sector. And I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, and there was a very detailed piece of analysis on megatrends, as they term them, which I think is a bit of a hype, but the point is that there were significant trends from Frost and Sullivan, um, and subtitled, Why It's Increasingly Difficult to Grow. Um, and I think that there are... Um, benefits, therefore, to look at the positive and look at the elements where we can see growth. There was, when we came out of the, the 2008 recession, um, a, a discussion about the new normal. Um, it became a phrase um, which has been used over and over again um, and, and gets weaker and weaker each time. But there are changes since the COVID pandemic, which I think are, I was going to say systematic, but they're quite fundamental. Um, and, and one of them, um, let us start with, is the, the issue of dogs. Um, uh, you, you were mentioning last week you know, the rise in, in dogs. Um, and I suddenly found, more or less uh, within 24 hours, an article in The Economist, um, which talks about um, uh, metro areas in America where dogs outnumber children under 18. Um, and certainly in places like Dallas and Phoenix, um, there are more dogs than there are children. Um, the U.S. average is that there are um, uh, essentially more dogs than children um, in metropolitan areas. And the question that this leads to, therefore, is why is this the case? Um, and many were picked up as a part of the aspect of uh, companionship um, during COVID especially, but uh, it's also a, a lower economic cost to some degree than having children. And there is an element of uh, a couple of delegates that I've talked to in the past in, in China who would much uh, prefer to have uh, pets in their flats than children on the basis that uh, economic cost, but also you get a lot of companionship. So does that mean, therefore, that we are changing uh, and seeing a new opportunity in the market? If we considered um, pets... Um, or companions, as sometimes they're now termed, as a human market would be. We now look at the issue of not only just insurance, we look at clothing, we look at education, we look at um, bio biotics, we look at uh, healthcare, um, and we look at food. 
And if you look at all of those marketplaces for pets, you see radical changes and also considerable increase in, in prices as the, uh, to be crude, the asset as in the dog is changes from being just something that's there to being something that is there, cared for and wanted to be treated um, almost as a human being, but definitely from the point of view of every possible um, benefit given to them so they leave a, a nice life. Um, so a new market has arisen uh, around pets, um, uh, if you like, somewhat by stealth, but we now have considerable spending in the pet market. And there is, I mean, one of the things I've noticed from the articles we've been reading this week is the amount of money there is in this marketplace. And as you say, I mean, education sounds like an odd thing to have with dogs, but actually the rise of um, dog training classes is is huge as people need to socialize their pets. And there's also a, um, a huge rise in things like pet photography. I was actually, I needed to buy a pet photography session for a friend for a, a present and I was surprised about the number of people that just specialize in that, in the way that people used to specialize in portrait photography or wedding photography. Pet photography is now a huge marketplace. Um, and I was surprised and also surprised about the costs that you could have. But then I expect you need, if you're taking dogs along to a studio, you presume you need a certain level of insurance and, and other such things. And the marketplace has been around for a while. Pet insurance came in a, 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 you know, a long time back. But it's definitely, as you say, hugely increased since COVID. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, um, a neighbour of mine has just uh, said that they spent £15,000 on having pet surgery for um, uh, the, the pet which had, had uh, cancer. Um, now, in the past, not wishing to be too cruel, the, the, the pet would have been put down. Now it's a case of prolonging life and maintaining that relationship as long as possible. Um and so I think that um, we are seeing a shift in the way we value different types of assets, again, wishing not to be too crude, um, in the way in which we spend our money. Um, that is also true of the way in which demography is now affecting um, Western Europe um, and uh, the way in which we now spend much more money on um, experiences, um, certain aspects of, uh, of uh, life balance um, rather than necessarily having as many children as we used to do. So we look now at, um, say, Japan, which uh, 10 years ago got to the point at which we now have got to, which is basically that 25% of the European population is 65 plus. Um, and so we, we look at the way in which the elder marketplace um, has implications for healthcare, for robotics, for automation. Um, and those changes are, again, major opportunities. And I think the, this is an area where we do need to think about these as opportunities rather than constantly thinking about, oh, woe is us, it's not going to be as it was. Yes. I mean, the care market's quite interesting because there's you've got such a, a dichotomy of the, the sort of, certainly in the UK, the state-funded care, which can be rushed and, uh, and no criticism of the, of the staff working in it, but they're often not paid to go between appointments. So therefore they, you know, naturally they've got to try and, and earn a wage and, and appointments can be very short compared to what can be a huge and rapidly rising private care market where pensioners have got money to spend because they have assets um, and therefore do want to make certain. And again, it's a quality of life issue. Yeah. Um, and that's a very expensive marketplace, but also a huge opportunity if the 
procedures and the processes on the start can be got right. Yes, uh, I mean, it's, it is a perceptual one on uh, in uh, many respects on the basis that when you happen to be in your, well, I was going to say mid- midlife, but you know, let's say someone who's in their 40s or so, the prospect of someone who's in their 60s uh, used to be considered to be, oh, that's, they're pretty old. Now, uh, to use the old phrase, you know, 60 is the new 40 uh, or the other way around. Um, uh, but the element is that when you get to that age, you expect to carry on for much longer um, and to do so in reasonable health. That's the expectation. And I think that expectation will, to some degree, continue. Um, um, and it has to in many respects because there are a declining number of new young people coming along. Um, as that middle marketplace decides that children are not what they necessarily want. So I think we, we have some very interesting changes coming along. The element um, that I think uh, is, is quite interesting from just an analysis of, of stock market growth, which has been fairly phenomenal over the last few months, um, the FT uh, called them uh, granolas, which is a rather cumbersome title, but basically it talked about uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies um, uh, Nestle and uh, L'Oreal in terms of um, obviously uh, healthcare um, and also um, the uh, Louis Vuitton, the element of the luxury marketplace, plus others who are into the uh, pharmaceuticals, driving the European market uh, stocks um, because they are tapping into um, opportunities um, that, that are there one driven by technology, but also driven by consumer demand as the pattern changes. And so, you know, as we sort of edge towards what used to be considered to be luxuries, but now we consider them as uh, affordable treats, if you like, and we're not going to do all the other elements that we don't really want to do, so we can afford a few more treats. On the other hand, we'll spend money on the um, pharmaceuticals that we need uh, to keep us um, healthy for longer. Um, and so uh, there is a very interesting change, I think, in the marketplace for um, uh, pharmaceuticals, healthcare products, um, as the population, again, changes in pattern. And I think this also is then impacted um, by um, the climate change. And I'm at the moment reading through a book called Not the End of the World, um, which is a positive uh, um, book uh, really on the basis that um, climate change can be uh, defeated um, or at least um, uh, moderated to the extent that can be coped with. And the element that that means, I think, is a, a, a starting to shift to a positive nature about the opportunities and the changed world that we may well come to. I think there are huge opportunities in, in growth. I'm going to go back a little bit to the um, idea of the older marketplace. I mean, I must have read a book back in the 1990s, early 1990s, that pointed out that the generation that's come through into their um, 60s and 70s now is a generation that has always grown up with designer outfits. And, um, you know, if you shopped at um, Carnaby Street in your youth, why on earth are you going to go into beige when you get older? It's just not going to happen. If you've always had the designer labels and um, you went up through having beautiful um, things in your house according to your lights, you're not going to be prepared to accept non-well-designed um, thing for your retirement. And it's predicted then that there would be a huge range of quiet luxury in the older caring marketplace. And I think that's exactly what we're starting to see. Um, 
it's always so interesting to see when a futurologist actually gets something something right. But I think, and to come back to your other point, I think the idea of climate change being an opportunity is definitely something we need to explore in a, in a future um, Growth Marketers um, podcast, because I think there's a, a lot of exciting things there. I went clothes shopping yesterday. I was surprised how many, even the most upmarket brands were cheerfully telling me that they were, this was recycled yarn. Yes, I bought a new pair of trousers the other week and uh, there were more labels on it about how it had been produced than what was actually uh, there. So um, you're right. Whether or not it made a difference in the way in which I was going to purchase on the basis of what I was looking for, I don't think that's necessarily true. But it's now a hygiene factor. It has to be included. It has to be there. If it isn't there, then perhaps I will make a decision against it. But as long as it's there, then I'll make a decision on other factors. Yes, I think um, Hannah Ritchie's book is one we can come back to and and, uh, review. So, yes, um, uh, there are a lot of opportunities, and I think we should concentrate on them in uh, future podcasts. Fantastic. Looking forward to doing that. Nice to speak to you, Charles. Nice to talk to you. Bye-bye.